the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God can handle your questions. If you really want to know the truth, God will reveal the truth to you. If you really want answers to your questions, God will reveal you, reveal the answers. He, he wants you to know Him. He wants you to know His Son, Jesus Christ. He wants you to know who He is. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to know the truth about yourself and your life. He wants you to know the truth about eternity. He wants you to know the truth about why He died on the cross to save you. Many people feel they can't come to God until they believe in Him without a shadow of a doubt. The problem is, that's a near impossibility in this life. As long as you're tethered to your human nature, there'll be doubts in your heart. As Pastor Dan will explain in today's message, God will welcome you with all of those reservations and questions. If you think about the story of the prodigal son, he returned to his father skeptical he'd be fully accepted. But the father brought him in and celebrated his return. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 20, beginning in verse 24. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Well, this is where Jesus reveals himself to Thomas, one of the apostles, one of the disciples. 
It's the evening of the resurrection, um, which is Sunday, Sunday evening. Uh, the disciples were, were locked away, hiding in a house in Jerusalem when Jesus showed up in their, their midst. But Thomas wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there with the disciples. He missed the whole thing. Uh, sometimes Thomas is referred to as doubting Thomas uh, because of this passage. Uh, someone who is skeptical. Uh, we, we call that person a, a doubting Thomas. And, and again, we get that from this passage here in the Gospel of John. Thomas is mentioned in the other three Gospels, but only in lists of the apostles. And, and John's Gospel is the only place we really find information about, about Thomas, any details about him. It's only in John's Gospel that Thomas's words are recorded for us. And there's three passages in the Gospel of John where we see Thomas speaking. Uh, the first one is John chapter 11, then John chapter 14, and then finally here in John chapter 20. And when we look at those three passages together, we get the impression uh, that Thomas was kind of a negative guy. Uh, he, was, he was a pessimist. Uh, he was someone who had kind of a, you know, just a gloomy outlook about everything. Uh, for example, in chapter 11, uh, Jesus received word that his friend Lazarus was sick. Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to Judea, to, to Lazarus. Uh, but all of the disciples, except for Thomas, all of the other disciples tried to talk Jesus out of it. Because at that point, the Jewish leaders were plotting to kill Jesus. And so the, the other disciples said to Jesus, don't go into Judea. Plotting to kill you there. It's not a good idea to go into Judea. It's not safe for you to go there. They want to kill you. Uh, Jesus insisted that they go. And so that's when Thomas speaks up for the first time. And Thomas said to his fellow disciples, let's go too so we can die with them. <laughs> you know, not very encouraging there, Thomas. You know, let's just go die with them. Come on, let's go. <laughs> uh, then in John chapter 14, uh, you know, John chapter 14, of course, Jesus speaks these wonderful words uh, about heaven and about his father's house, and he's going to prepare a place for us that where he is, there we may be also. Uh, I'll, I'll read it to you, John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Wonderfully comforting verses for every believer, right? You know, in our Father's house are many rooms, and Jesus goes to prepare a place for us. But when Jesus said that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know, it's at that point that Thomas interrupts Jesus, and Thomas says, Lord, we have no idea where you're going, and we sure don't know the way to get there. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful you know, teaching that Jesus is giving about heaven and his father's house, and Thomas says, we don't know what you're talking about. Thomas was that guy, Right? 
We, we don't have, you know, it sounds beautiful and pretty and everything, Lord, but we don't have any idea what you're talking about. We're totally confused. We, we don't know where you're going. We don't know how to get there. Now, it doesn't say it in the text in John 14, but I think at this point, Jesus probably said to the disciples, you know what, guys, I just need a minute. Okay, just, just give me a minute. All right, I just, you know, you can go home for the day, you know. But, you know, at the same time, we can be grateful that Thomas was so blunt in John 14 because Thomas said those things, we don't know where you're going, we don't know how to get there. And because Thomas said that, Jesus said, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. So, so we're grateful that Thomas did speak up honestly uh, and courageously because of the response that Jesus gave. So those are the other two places that we see Thomas speak. And now we come to chapter 20, third and final time that we see Thomas speak. Verse, verse 24, uh, we see that Thomas was not with the disciples when Jesus came and appeared to them the night of his resurrection. We don't, we don't know why Thomas was not there. It doesn't tell us. Maybe he had to work. Uh, maybe he was tired. Maybe there was a game on television he wanted to watch. Maybe he just decided to stay home and not go that night. I, I, I don't know. Whatever the reason, Thomas was not there that night. And guess what? He missed seeing Jesus. Because he didn't show up. He missed seeing Jesus. And he missed the joy, and he missed the comfort, and he missed the peace, and he missed the fellowship the other disciples experienced that night because he didn't show. And one lesson that we learn from Thomas is the importance of showing up. The importance of showing up. Don't miss opportunities to gather together with other believers. Don't pass them up. Don't skip out. Because then you miss out if you skip out. And of course, sometimes, you know, life, we've got circumstances that we can't avoid and, uh, and that prevent us from, from uh, attending those kinds of opportunities, from attending church or attending a Bible study. But if you can be there, be there. You should, you should always show up so that you don't miss out. Always show up. Uh, in Matthew chapter 18, listen to what Jesus says here. It's an important promise. Matthew 18, verse 20, Jesus said, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Whenever just two or three believers get together for fellowship, Jesus shows up. Jesus is there. That's why you don't want to miss it. That's why you always want to show up. Because Jesus is there. And if you don't show up, you miss out. The two or three that gather there, they, they experience it. But you miss out. And I, and I don't, you know, I understand, I'm not saying that to lay a guilt trip on you. I'm just saying, make it a priority to show up. And you know what? Every time that we gather together, Jesus shows up. Just gathering together. Don't, don't skip out on those things. Make them a priority in your life. Because, because Jesus will be there and you're missing out 
on Jesus. Yeah, but I, by the end of the day, I'm tired. That's fine. Show up tired. But still show up. Because Jesus will be there. If you've got two or three believers gathered together, Jesus promised He will be there in the midst of them. So just show up, even if you're tired. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. It's interesting My wife and I, years ago, we were part of a Calvary Chapel in Florida, and my wife was the women's ministry coordinator. And they had a large women's ministry, several hundred women that attended the Bible study. Um, And they would do, similar to what we're doing here, they had a a morning Bible study, I think it was on Tuesdays, and then an evening Bible study. And I could hear my wife's office was next to mine. And Tuesday morning, before the women's Bible study, her phone would start ringing, and it would be women calling in to say, I can't make it today, I'm not feeling well today, or this came up, or I just don't think I'm going to be there. And, it, you know, uh, we had the perspective of seeing the whole thing, you know, and all of these different women that were calling in. It was, kinda, it was clear to us that this is just spiritual warfare. It's not a one-off where it's one woman calling in. It's a bunch of women calling in. Every Tuesday it was like that. And every Tuesday I would hear my wife saying, please just show up. Just show up. You'll be blessed. I promise you, you'll be blessed if you show up. And sure enough, some of those women, you know, they wouldn't come, but some of them would. They'd show up and they would say, I'm glad I came. I wasn't going to come, but I'm, I'm glad I came. There's a blessing in it for you. There's encouragement in it for you. You know, in Hebrews chapter 10 Another great verse about fellowship. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. When we gather together for fellowship like this and at other times, we're gathering to stir each other up to love and good works. And then it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Some people do forsake fellowship but exhorting one another, and so much the more, listen to this, as you see the day approaching. Hebrews says, don't neglect getting together with other believers to encourage one another in the faith, especially because we see the day of Christ approaching. We see his return drawing near. You can see the return of Christ drawing near, can't you? I mean, you live in the same world I live in. You read the same news I read. We're getting close, I would say. And because we're getting close to the end, it's all the more important for us to gather together with other believers to encourage each other in the faith. It can get very discouraging, can't it, just reading the news. And we need, we need the fellowship. We need to be gathering together as often as we can to encourage one another. Thomas was a no-show. 
Don't be a Thomas. Thomas was a no-show that night, and he missed out on something really amazing that everybody else got to experience. Verse 25 tells us, the other disciples told Thomas, we have seen the Lord. And I'm sure they did tell Thomas that. I'm sure that was all they talked about, was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, I'm sure they talked about that nonstop. They were excited to talk about the Lord and the resurrection. But we're told here that Thomas didn't believe them. He didn't believe them. I find that interesting because, uh, you know, these are, these are not uh, strangers to Thomas. It's not just some stranger standing on a street corner holding up a hand-painted sign about Jesus and the resurrection that Thomas is dismissing. These are his close friends. These are, these are like family to him. These are people that he has spent the last three and a half years of his life with day and night. These are people that love him and these are people that, that care for him. And yet Thomas still didn't believe what they said. Or maybe you have someone in your family that uh, you have shared Christ with, you love them, you care for them, you want them to experience the, the joy of having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and they just don't receive it. They don't want to hear it. Thomas here, he, he was a very adamant about his unbelief. He, he said in verse 25, look what it says. In verse 25, uh, he, he said, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And when Thomas said, I will not believe, in, in the Greek it means, I will never by no means believe. Unless I see and touch the nail holes in his hand, put my hand in, his, in the wound in his side, there's absolutely no way I will believe Jesus is resurrected from the dead. No matter what you guys say you saw, no matter what you all try to tell me and convince me of, I'm never going to believe it unless I see him and touch him for myself. Thomas wanted physical proof. And, and, and Thomas was sincere And what he said, he's not just making an excuse, he's genuine. He genuinely wanted to know the truth about Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Sometimes people aren't really sincere when they they reject Jesus. Uh, Sometimes it's just kind of a smokescreen they're putting up, and and maybe they make some kind of ridiculous demand of God. Well, if, if Jesus wants me to know him, he can just appear in my bedroom, you know, and then I'll believe. Uh, or, the, or they ask some, you know, uh, theological question that has no real answer to it. You know, well, where did, you know, where did whatever, you know, where did uh, Cain get his wife? You know, that kind of stuff. You know, and, and, and then they act as if, since you can't answer my question, well, then I'm off the hook uh, as far as accountability to God goes. Until somebody can answer this question that is keeping me awake at night, you know, about the pygmies in Africa kind of thing. I'm so concerned about them. You're so concerned about a move there, right? Do something about it. Well, I don't want to do that. But that wasn't Thomas. Thomas uh, was, was genuine. He, he really wanted to know. We know that because of the way he responded when he finally saw the resurrected Jesus. He wasn't just making excuses. 
He really wanted to know the truth about the resurrection. He really wanted proof beyond any doubt. And maybe you're a Thomas. Maybe you're a Thomas here today. Maybe you have questions about Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not fully convinced about Jesus Christ and who He is. Maybe you're not fully convinced that the Bible is the Word of God, but, but you're, you're open, you really want to know, you're genuinely seeking the truth. That's okay. That's okay if you have questions. If they're real questions, if they're honest questions. God can handle your questions. If you really want to know the truth, God will reveal the truth to you. If you really want answers to your questions... God will reveal reveal the answers. He, he wants you to know Him. He wants you to know His Son, Jesus Christ. He wants you to know who He is. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to know the truth about yourself and your life. He wants you to know the truth about eternity. He wants you to know the truth about why He died on the cross to save you. In Isaiah, God says, come, let's reason together. Right? He invites us. To come and reason together with Him and work through these things for the answers. And God has answers. You know, God doesn't ask us to just take a leap into the dark. You know, sometimes that's what people think of with a leap of faith. It's just this this leap into darkness. No, it's a leap into light. You know, Christianity is rational. It's reasonable. It's rooted in historical fact. So it's okay to have questions as long as they're genuine questions and as long as you are truly putting forth the effort to find the answers to those questions. Thomas had questions. Thomas had doubts. And Thomas was one of the twelve. I mean, he's not some third-string hack. Right? He's one of the twelve apostles. Uh, as, as Gail Irwin says, he's one of the apostles, not one of the B-apostles, right? I mean, St. Thomas has an island named after him in the Caribbean, yet he had the doubts. He's got questions. So Thomas again says in verse 25, Hey, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails. By the way, this is the only place that tells us Jesus was crucified with nails. Only place in all the Bible. The Romans crucified people with nails, but they also at times would tie people to a cross. Sometimes you see paintings or drawings of Jesus depicted that way where he's tied to the cross. He was nailed to the cross, not tied to the cross. Unless I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. There's no way I'm going to believe. Now look at verse 26. Notice the phrase. It says, after eight days. So for eight days, all the disciples talked about was seeing the resurrected Jesus. Nonstop, morning, noon, and night. And for that same eight days, all Thomas said was, I don't believe you. I don't believe you saw him. You may be hallucinated or something, but I don't believe that you saw Jesus. Whatever you saw, it wasn't the resurrected Jesus. And this conversation went on among the disciples for eight days. And maybe at some point throughout that week, Thomas said, well, why hasn't he appeared again? It's been four days since you saw him. Why hasn't he appeared again? Now it's been five days. Now it's been six days. 
Where is he? You guys said he's alive. I haven't seen him. A week's gone by. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. Today you've been hearing from Pastor Dan about the book of John, one of the four accounts of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This gospel book details the Son of God's time on earth, what He did, and how He changed lives. It also gives you an opportunity to have a changed life as well. Are you ready to give your life to Christ and be forgiven of your sins? We'd love to tell you more about this and pray with you if you're ready to take a step of faith. Give us a call here at Ring of Truth. Our number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd also like to encourage you to find and begin attending a church regularly. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. To find out more about what you can expect and to get directions and service times, please visit our website, calvaryec.com. At our website, you can also enjoy more of Pastor Dan Sexton's teachings from the Gospel of John or explore his other message series. Again, that website is calvaryec.com. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth.